You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron. And veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Saturday, May 1st, Ian Cameron with you. And I am joined by... Uh, I, I'm, I'm so excited because, you know... There's been a lot going on behind the scenes. We don't have Jimmy every day. We haven't had Alex B. Smith for a long time, but I am so glad, so happy to see my line mate, my right-hand man, my my colleague, my friend for almost a decade back on the show today, uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, Alex, you've been missed, not just by me. You look in our YouTube chat. Every viewer and listener known to man of the Ice Guys show has missed you and is happy to see you back. How have you been? Been doing good. Uh, like I said, if you can see the backdrop here, I'm still here in Chicago. I'm in my dad's office, uh, you know, taking care of some stuff, some family issues uh, over the last two, three weeks. And uh, so hopefully getting things uh, finally situated, I'll be getting back to St. Paul, uh, hopefully within the next few days. But, uh, you know, I've been watching the show every day, uh, of course, and tracking everything. And of course, you know, as we're getting into the playoff race now, uh, you know, teams only got between four and seven games, except for, uh, of course, Vancouver's got like a dozen games left. But uh, this is crunch time, basically, for a lot of teams, and, and this is going to be the big Saturday. This is the 18th Saturday in NHL history where there's been 15 games played, uh, and it's the only one for this season. So this is a, a huge day with a lot of great matchups. So so glad to be back on, glad to be back uh, you know, on a great day, and we've got a special guest here as well. So I'm really looking forward to this show today. Exactly. It's Vanessa Williams. We saved the best for last. That's what we introduced you first. got to save the best for last right here. Loyal viewer of the show, loyal listener. She's in the chat every day. She watches the show as much as she possibly can. She's a huge hockey fan. Uh, she's going to tell a story about how she's gone to so, a lot of Blackhawks games uh, in the past. We welcome in uh, a loyal viewer, loyal listener, and an NHL better and a good one. She knows what she's talking about, and we're happy to have a little dose, uh, a little female infusion on the Ice Guys show. This is the Ice Humans show or the Ice you know, People show, as they said in the chat, whatever you want to call it. We welcome in 
for the first time here on the show. Hopefully you'll be back on again as a special guest if you don't get sick of us. Melissa Cunningham, welcome to the Ice Guys. Thank you so much, guys. And I'm super excited to have my first appearance with Alex as well because I actually discovered the show from following Alex on Twitter. So super excited to be here. I'm rocking my Penguin jersey today. I had to after that amazing overtime win by Gensel the other day. Uh, super excited you gave me a huge slate of games today. Uh, you know, I love interacting with everyone in the chat. So very excited to be here and give out some winners. Yeah, and it's great, uh, you know, because it's great that you're into hockey, you're into betting. It's great. And it's like we say, this is now a new era. We give females the platform to showcase what they can do. It's You look at NHL broadcasts now. What do we see on both sides of the border? We see Cassie Campbell-Pascal. We see Kendall Coyne-Schofield. We see A.J. Malesko. We see all these great females in, involved in the broadcasts of NHL games because they're capable people. They can do it. They know hockey. They can talk about it intelligently, informatively. And uh, Melissa, I know for a fact, I haven't even heard you break down a game yet, and I know you can do that because you're betting this stuff day in and day out. So looking forward to it. Let's get down to business because we've got 15 games. We're going to be here all night if we don't start right now. Uh, let's go to the uh, Boston, Buffalo Sabres and the Boston Bruins. Uh, this game starts at the top of the hour, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, obviously, the Bruins, a massive favorite here in that minus 370, minus 380 uh, range, uh, the total five and a half across the board. We got 15 games. So the games that I have absolutely nothing on, I'm going to keep it very uh, short and sweet and to the point. And I'm passing on this game. I have nothing on it whatsoever. You're going to have Uka Pekalukanen in net for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, who has been good at times, not so good at times. I think the Boston Bruins, though, the more they see him, Sabres don't really have anywhere else to turn with Hutton and Allmark have been banged up for a while. Uh, Tokarski as well, nursing something, which is why he's unavailable today. So it's all kinds of issues right now for the uh, Sabres with their goaltending. And I think the Bruins are starting to figure out some weaknesses in Lukanen's game. They kind of exploited it in the third period a week ago and carried over with more success the last game against the uh, Sabres as well in that 5-2 to two victory. Jeremy Swayman in net for Boston. I think this kid could be a pretty good goalie in the future. He's shown you definitely some potential for the uh, Bruins. I know Jimmy Murphy, who covers the Bruins, is very, very high on Swayman, and he thinks he could be a really good goalie for them long term. So interesting to see how it goes. I like that the fact that David Krejci and Taylor Hall have been excellent for the Bruins uh, the last, uh, really since the trade deadline, Taylor Hall's doing more times 10 than he ever did with Buffalo since the trade deadline. He's already doubled the amount. Think about that. He's doubled the amount of goals already with the Boston Bruins that he had all season with the Buffalo Sabres uh, before the trade. So uh, another reason to be uh, angry and disappointed and upset and feel what's, why is our franchise like this? If you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, uh, I think Boston wins, but it's hard to splice out any kind of value. Uh, on the Bruins when they're priced like this. The total is five and a half. I could see it going either way. So I'm passing on this game. We'll start with our special guest here today for this game. Melissa, I know you're involved, I believe, in both of these games, these early afternoon games. What do you like here, Sabres and Bruins? Yeah, so I like to call these my NHL brunch segments um, just because brunch is so big here. And, you know, leave it to the NHL to give us such a great game to start start the slate for us, the Bruins and Sabres, right? Um, so I will tell you this. The Bruins absolutely hate playing on Saturdays, and the record really shows it. Um, you know, if you look at the Bruins' record this year, they're 3-5 and five on Saturday. So I don't know if they're going out on Fridays and they're just not wanting to play Saturday. Um, but th that record really stands out. But – 
The side that I'm on here is I'm going to take a shot on Sabres first period money line. I'm getting that at plus 230. The reason why I'm doing this is um, the Bruins actually on first period, they have lost the first period eight of their last nine games. And including one of those games, they lost to the Sabres earlier this year. They ended up eventually winning the game, but they lost the first period. So, you know, there's really no value right now on taking the Bruins as that high of a favorite. Even I think the puck line is over minus 140. So I'm not going to play that. Um, You know, my hope for this game is we get a fast moving Sabres team right off the bat and they cover that first period. Maybe you go in and live bet the Bruins if you think they're going to finish that off. Um, But that's going to be my official play. The Sabres first period money line. I also lean on the under on this game. Like I said, you know, the Sabre, uh, Bruins and Sabres matchup has been trending heavily to the unders. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Bruins are going to lose this game. I think after they lost to the Sabres, they were, they were embarrassed by that. Um, I don't see that happening again, but I'm going to take a shot in that first period money line. All right, look at that. Go, swinging for the fences early with the very first game. Buffalo Sabres plus 230, but you get in the first period, and but you gave sound logic. And that's what you sometimes get, Melissa, with these teams that are the superior team. They sometimes just will start slow. You know, they say, hey, we'll get this team. We'll beat this team at the end of the day, at the end of the game. But maybe that first period, you're a little slow. Takes you a while to really warm up. But then as the game goes on, the cream rises to the top. The better team takes over. They come back and they win the game after that slow start. But there is something to that, that the Bruins have started games uh, a little bit slowly. There's uh, no question. And you mentioned it. It bears out in the results lately as well for the Bruins. You're right about the this being an under-dominated series. The one thing that concerns me about the under today is the two overs had Uka, Pekka, Lukanen, today's starting goaltender in net for the Buffalo Sabres. So Boston's definitely had a good uh, time of it scoring against this guy. We'll see if that continues today. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here, Sabres and Bruins? Yeah, you mentioned that uh, with the under in this, this series. I was on the under last game, and you know you had those two goals late. Well, even before the two goals late in the third period, look at the, the goal uh, at, at the basically the buzzer of the first period that gave uh, Boston the two one lead. Uh, great if you had the first period over, you know if you, you were able to get that, especially live adjusted uh, or, or had you know Boston in the first period money line uh, cashes with that goal. I think it's like literally a tenth of a second left where he goes in. That pretty much is the killer uh, for that under five and a half in that game that I was on uh, at plus money. But like you said, you know you always wonder about you know where is Buffalo going to get their goals? You know obviously they didn't. You know, they're just playing for for exercise, as you like to say. Uh, and this is it's still a big series for Boston. They need all the points they can get to keep climbing uh, in the East. So I'm going to take a shot with the team total over three and a half. It's a bit steep. you got to lay somewhere between 145, almost up to 160 uh, with the Bruins. That, but I think this is going to be a game where, you know, like I said they came out a bit sluggish uh, and, you know, ended up put, you know, putting the screws to uh, the Sabres late in that game. So they want to, you know, get a, establish a good start early. Both these teams play early games often so that's not going to be an issue as far as scoring is concerned so maybe even a lean with the full game over uh possibly but you could find a better price adjusted live but i like the team total over with boston more so i'm going to take a shot with that three and a half over at minus 140 there you go and that's the bet i was on the other night with the sabers and the bruins boston team total over uh, i would certainly lean in that direction again uh, as well i just decided first game of the day 15 game card i'm going to stay off it but that, that, that makes sense that bruin team total over tampa bay detroit 
Uh, we've got no confirmed goalies yet. I get the f- sense that maybe Vasilevsky's rested here because it's Detroit. We'll have to wait and see, uh, but no confirmation yet. Uh, Lightning and Red Wings is a 3 p.m. start. Tampa Bay minus 330-ish. Uh, home uh, Road favorites, I should say. Huge favorites here in this game total. Uh, five and a half across the board. Uh, should be interesting to see how this game plays out because Detroit's been scrappy. Detroit's been feisty. They hang in a lot of games lately. I mean, the effort for this team is pretty good. And look, Jacob Vrana, the uh, the big piece that came back to the Red Wings in the Anthony Mantha trade with the Washington Capitals, he's been pretty good uh, for the Red Wings. He's really been the guy that's been leading the team offensively lately, especially with Dylan Larkin out and Adam Ernie out as well, who had been actually a pretty good offensive force for the Red Wings as well. Uh, but it's been uh, Jacob Vrana definitely keeping this team afloat at the offensive end. Uh, Tampa Bay, you get the sense maybe that they're starting to put their pedal to the metal a little bit. Two pretty good wins in a row for Tampa. I mean, they put the boots, unfortunately, to Alex's uh, Chicago Blackhawks uh, the other night in that, uh, what was it, 6-2 to win. They got their offense going. And then against a Dallas team the other night, uh, guys, that was just uh, extremely desperate, the Dallas Stars, uh, in that game, needing every point, trying to catch Nashville for the final spot, and Tampa Bay just snuck them out. Uh, they didn't really generate a whole lot. The Stars, Tampa Bay gets a shutout win, 3 nothing against a team that needed the points badly. So maybe the Lightning are trying to ramp their game up into that playoff level. You know, we got to make sure we're peaking. We're playing at our best going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. This could be that time of year with just less than two weeks left in the season and only several games left that Tampa Bay's maybe going to take these games a little bit more seriously, try to make sure they're playing their best moving forward. Um, I'm not going to be involved at all in this game. I think if Vasilevsky's in, it certainly favors Tampa. I wouldn't want to be on Tampa at this price if it isn't uh, Andre Vasilevsky, and all due respect to Curtis McElhaney. Uh, and I, I wouldn't want to trust Detroit to win the game here either against Tampa Bay, who look like they've gotten their act together a little the last two. So I'm not involved in this game side or total. Uh, Alex, will uh, go to you start first for this one, uh, Tampa Bay-Detroit. Yeah, I've been on this first period over pretty much uh, the entire season with these two teams playing. It's cash out well. Five of the last six have gone over and actually should have gotten uh, that sixth one. It was a one nothing first period, but the, there was a couple of good quality chances by both teams. Uh, you know, we've seen, like I said, Tampa Bay is usually dominating uh, this Detroit team more often than not. Like I said, they want to, even though they're going to rest some guys, you know, in this stretch. Obviously, they're in the playoffs, but they still have an outside chance at winning that Central Division title. Uh, you know, remember, home ice is important now because, uh, you know, unless things change and we end up being in a bubble, uh, you know, you're going to have the travel spot. So you, you want to be first or second rather than third. So this is a, a, a far more important game for Tampa Bay than some might think. So I'm going to take a shot at the first period over uh, and hoping that maybe Tampa scores first and then Detroit can score after that. That way I can possibly find a, a way to get a better price in-game with the Lightning or maybe, you know, even a uh, a Lightning on the puck line live. Uh, so that's the way I'm going to attack this. But I definitely like this first period over here. I'll only land $1.15. All right, like in uh, Tampa Bay, Detroit over 1.5 minus 115 in that first period for uh, Alex uh, in this one. Good point, Alex, about load management is creeping into the NHL here for some teams these last few days. I don't like it in the NBA. I, I, I'm sick. That's why it's so – fucking frustrating capping the NBA uh, daily because you don't know who's going to be in and who's going to be out on a daily basis. It bothers me. I pound my head against the wall every day. I bet a team and then all of a sudden their whole starting five is out. I'm like, oh, well, there goes that money. I'll never see that again. Uh, and it's really frustrating. And now the NHL, you look at the Leafs the other night against Vancouver. They had several guys that were resting. But I'm not going to blame the NHL teams like I blame. The NBA has been doing this shit for years now. 
at least the NHL, it's only this season and they have a right to do this because it's been a gruesome schedule. It's been a very, very tough schedule. A lot of games in a condensed period of time. These guys are cooped up in their hotel. You know, they've, they've put a lot, made a lot of sacrifice to play this season. If they need a rest, you want to keep them fresh for the playoffs. I'm in a season where you've played a lot of games and it's in a tight schedule in a short period of time. I'm not going to begrudge a team or a head coach of resting some guys this season in the NHL based on the scenario of the season that it's been. Uh, no question. Uh, Melissa, we'll turn to you here. What do you like with the Lightning and the Red Wings? Yeah, I'm all over the over on this one. Uh, I locked it in over five and a half. I'm getting minus 120. Uh, these teams, when they match up against each other in Detroit, the over is actually hit in the last six games together. Um, so kind of like Alex mentioned, you know, we're not sure the goalies yet, but I see a lot of goals. I even see Detroit maybe, you know, scoring, get this a 4-2 matchup. Uh, Detroit's been kind of a hit or miss team. You know, I've backed them a couple times when they're very heavily uh, underdogs where it's hit for me. And then, you know, I go on the other side and they win. So uh, definitely laying off the side here. You know, the Red Wings definitely have a great future ahead of them. Um, but right now, you know, obviously the, the value on the lightning is way too high. So I don't want to get involved in that. And I'm not willing to, to back the, the Red Wings right now. So going to stick with the over as my official play. All right, uh, Melissa liking Tampa Bay, Detroit, over five and a half. On we go to Pittsburgh and Washington, uh, the team that Melissa is donning the jersey of today, the Penguins, as they look to make it two in a row against the Washington Capitals. Uh, we're looking here at a price around even money, both sides here in this one, the total six shaded to the over. I'm probably going to go right back to the over in this game. I had a Pittsburgh and over two and oh sweep uh, in the game the other night against the uh, Washington Capitals. And, uh, Boy, they didn't make it uh, easy or uh, without stress for me, the Penguins, the other night as the Washington Capitals actually tied the game 4-4 uh, in the final minute uh, to force overtime. But the Penguins get the uh, game-winning goal to get the 5-4 uh, to four victory. I like the, the look of this Pittsburgh team right now uh, overall. Uh, they bounced back, obviously, from a tough loss to Boston in the second of the two games against the Bruins. But Crosby, Gensel, and Rust have been outstanding, leading the way for the uh, for the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins up front. Jeff Carter's been a nice addition. He is still a guy that can produce and, and, and contribute to a team. He's not going to be the Jeff Carter in his prime lighting up the uh, score sheet, but he can still get it done. And in a third-line role, it's a perfect spot, perfect scenario for him uh, now in this stage of his career. Uh, the defense, like I say, with a healthy Brian Dumoulin and Chris Letang, I think now that he's not getting traded, Chris Letang looks relaxed out there. He looks like, hey, I'm here. We're going to make this playoff push I'm, and it's like it's almost relaxed him and put him at ease and now he's just focusing on playing hockey I think he's played some of his best hockey lately when Dumoulin's healthy and on the ice they're a better blue line John Marino is going to be a stud defenseman for a very long time as well for Pittsburgh there's a lot to like Washington I hate to say it because I said it Thursday breaking this game down Melissa and Alex they're giving up too many good chances they're giving up too many high danger chances they're expected goals against is too high for a team with the record they have. Eventually, you're going to pay the piper, and teams are going to score when you're allowing them too many good looks, and Pittsburgh finally cashed in on a Washington team that's been giving up those looks. You know, the Islanders couldn't. Some other teams they played have not been able to bury their chances. Pittsburgh did. They're putting a lot of duress day in and day out on Vanacek and uh, Samsonov. They're two goalies, so they've got to shore up the defense. That's the thing. That's why I'm not as bullish as some people on Washington at playoff time. I'm still concerned about their blue line. Carlson, of course, got hurt, didn't play the other night. Uh, that's a concern as well. We'll see if he returns to the lineup today 
uh, for Washington. I lean to Pittsburgh again, believe it or not, but Washington off a loss at home has usually been a pretty good bounce back for them, which is why I'm staying off the side. I lean to Pittsburgh. I'm just going to stick to the over once again, uh, over six here, minus 115. And this is another one of those head-to-head matchups where Penguins and Capitals get together. You've seen more higher scoring games than not. So I'd expect more of the same uh, here tonight. We'll go to Melissa here first. She's got the Penguins jersey. Does she see good things on the horizon tonight for the Penguins against the Capitals? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they are playing on a Saturday night, which the Penguins have a great record of. Um, I believe this year the Penguins have, let's see, they've won eight out of nine matchups on Saturday night. So I don't think Sid lets these guys go out on Friday night. He wants them focused and ready to go. Um, I love this matchup. Being a Penguins fan, um, I love when they play the Capitals. Ovechkin is really not my favorite player. Um, as you can tell, I'm a Sid fan. So um, I loved, you know, see him, seeing him in the box the other night. I think they zoomed in on him and he just looks so mad. So I see uh, Money Mac in the chat right now saying that Ovi is not going to allow that team to lose again. 100% agree with you, but I am going to keep backing Penguins. You know, I think they've been playing well. Um, I love the addition of Carter. I think he's really fitting in nicely with that team. Um, you know, I'm also, the other night I was on the draw here. The draw has hit four out of seven of the matchups. So I'm going to take another shot on the draw. I believe I'm getting that at plus 305. Um, so going to take that and hope I get that ideal situation again with Penguins pulling it off in overtime. Um, but because I watch this team a lot, I wanted to give you guys some gold props. Um, again, these are smaller plays for me that I like to do. Um, but since I watch this team a lot, I, I wanted to come give you guys three today. Um, Ian mentioned, uh, Russ, he's on that first line recently with, with Crosby and Gensel and he's, he's scored, uh, two goals in the last five. Um, I'm getting him at plus 200. So if you're into goal props, I would suggest adding him on there as he continues to, you know, uh, excel on that first line. I'm also going to go back to Carter. I'm going to add him as a goal prop at plus 285. And we're going to finish it off with who I'm wearing and supporting today, Jake Gensel. He's going to be plus 143. Yes, I just gave you three goal props. So obviously I'm on the over two. <laughs> I was shocked the other night that the over was at five and a half. Like, it, it, how did that even happen? It should have been at six and a half with the way these teams play each other. Um, so I was all over that. Um, also got, got over six at minus 104, which really isn't that bad considering these, you know, the over has hit so many times. So really happy the way my pens are playing. Um, you know, I think that they, they continue to roll. I, I don't know if Ovi's playing or not. I haven't seen, I know, um, they announced Malkin was game time decision, but I doubt that he's going to play. Um, but hopefully Ovechkin doesn't play. That'd be ideal. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to wait and see on him. They're looking at uh, game time decision right now. Uh, there wasn't an update at the Washington morning skate today whether he'd be in. Uh, Malkin, of course, is nearing a return. Not quite yet. Uh, perhaps tonight we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think it'll be more than likely later this week uh, for Evgeny uh, Malkin. But nevertheless, yeah, Pittsburgh, again, it's all going to become down to Jari for this team. Jari and Samsonov, by the way, are your goalies here tonight uh, in this game with the uh, Penguins uh, and the uh, Capitals. Jari's the key. You know, he's got his, the excuses are out the window for this kid. You know, at, at playoff time, you're going to have to get it done because your blue line is relatively healthy now compared to where it was last year. You've got now more offense. You've got Crosby and that top line playing well. I think Jared McCann's been an outstanding player. I mean, this guy's really been a, a, a go-to guy at times when there's been guys out. 
Some other guys are carrying their weight offensively. Kasperi Kapanen's been an outstanding pickup from the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's a lot to like with Pittsburgh. It's going to circle back around to Tristan Jari at playoff time, being able to make the saves when he needs to. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Pittsburgh and Washington? Yeah, there's a couple of things I like here in this matchup. And obviously, these are two teams that clinch playoff spots. But like I said, the division race is of the utmost importance now at this point. And, uh, you know, being one, two, and knowing uh, just how close everything is in the East. Uh, you know, you can't take your foot off the gas for for a second in these next five or six games for either team. So uh, I'm going to be looking here at the first period over. It's a bit high at minus $1.40. Uh, there's a couple other first period plays I'll mention throughout the show. I would recommend maybe tying this into a parlay with another first period uh, over. This is a, a great spot. Six of the last 10 meetings have gone over in the first period. And Washington has been on an absolute killer run, 14-5 and five in the last 19 uh, going over to the first period. So $1.40 is a, a tad bit steep, but uh, there's some other spots on the board where I like it where you could tie it in and do a, a two-teamer, and it makes sense, and it would give you back some good value. I, uh, Melissa made a good point with the draw here as well for the last seven meetings uh, going into overtime. And once again, as you mentioned, when you have teams that are this close uh, in the race, and one, two, both teams would get home ice advantage. So if this game's tied 2-2 two, two, or 3-3 three, three, with a five minutes left in the third, these teams might slow it down a little bit and say, hey, let's get our points, uh, you know, and do what we must. And then, you know, we'll settle it in overtime or in the shootout. So I'm going to take a shot here with the draw here uh, at plus 305 as well. Yeah, the draw is not a bad option. Oh, we just saw these teams go to overtime. They've gone to overtime multiple times head to head this season. Uh, that's not that that's not a bad look at all. Uh, the draw. These are tight, competitive games more often than not with the Penguins and the Capitals. I don't see anything different taking place uh, tonight. Uh, New Jersey Devils, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, next game uh, on the uh, slate here uh, in this one as these two teams, they seem to be playing for a month straight. It feels like it uh, with these two teams. They played each other a bunch lately. And once again, going head to head tonight in this one, uh, we've got uh, Philadelphia about minus 140 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total six shaded to the over. You know where I'm going here. I mean, you've heard me all week on these shows talking about Devils Flyers overs, Devils Flyers overs, right back to Devils Flyers over tonight. Uh, over the the six, in my opinion, it's fl- these two teams have been flying over the total. Every head-to-head game, neither team's making the playoffs. There's not a whole lot of defensive intent. Like, who's kidding who? There's not a whole lot of defensive intensity right now on either side of the ice with these two teams at the moment. Uh, they're not going to the playoffs, but their offense is revved up on both sides. Couturier, Giroux has gotten it going lately for the Flyers. Uh, on the other side, you got Zaka, Brat, Heashier, uh, all chipping in offensively. Miles Wood has been excellent. And all of a sudden, this young center for the Devils, Sharon Govich, he's just uh, starting to really light it up for New Jersey, specifically uh, in these recent meetings against the Philadelphia Flyers. So I basically just rhymed off a bunch of uh, players that maybe you want to look at points, props, and goal-scoring props tonight uh, in this game. If if there's a game I'm going to be betting quite a few goal-scoring props and points props, and player props just in general, it would be this game, Devils and Flyers. Sharon Govich is the one I would bet because he's been just torching this Flyers team uh, the last few games uh, in the head-to-head series against them. Uh, it's Brian Elliott and net for the uh, Flyers. You know, At this point in time, I think they could have Bernie Perrant in his prime, and I think they'd still give up goals at this rate. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, with the way that defense has played uh, this season for the most part, very disappointing because this, t- this is what the bread and butter of the Flyers when they made the playoffs last year was their defensive play. And it's just been hideous compared to what it was last year. 
Uh, no confirmed goalie yet for the Devils. It's been Blackwood lately. Wouldn't surprise me to see a Wedgwood or Farmer in the Dell. Uh, Aaron Dell sighting even potentially tonight to give him a rest. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but look, it's just very simple. I don't want either side. Just give me goals once again, just like we have seen every recent meeting here between the Devils and the Flyers. So New Jersey, Philadelphia over six, minus 115 for me. Alex, what do you think here, Devils and Flyers? You know, it's interesting. I, you know, I do my goalie uh, power rankings and, and charts uh, on the Patreon page. And one thing that I don't add, because it, it's it's a little bit more detailed, and I'm kind of working on this this algorithm a little bit, if you will, is goalies for totals. The, if you look at the three goalies that New Jersey have, as far as totals are concerned, I have them all even. It really doesn't matter if it's Blackwood, Wedgwood, or Dell, uh, if I like an over or an under with those three goalies. So the fact that these two teams have been scoring left and right, like I said, they're, they're playing for exercise right now. It's going to be a roll out the puck and, and see who gets the most goals kind of a game. So I like the first period over. As I mentioned, a high price. Might want to tie that in with that uh, Pittsburgh first period over I just talked about or a couple others that are on the board. And I like this full game uh, over six as well. I just don't see where uh, the effort's going to come in to play, you know, lockdown defense. And it just hasn't shown up, especially like I said, uh, Philly's just been kind of falling apart. So uh, if I had to take a shot with a side, it would be New Jersey. But I like the overs a bit more. So first period over and full game over for me. Yeah, in terms of the side, I'm, I agree with you. I would lean Devils. They show a little bit more of a want to win these games right now than the Philadelphia Flyers. And that's not unexpected. There's a young team trying to put their, just, you know, put their, uh, stamp their foot on the ground and say, hey, this is what we want to be moving forward. This is the team we want to become. The Philadelphia Flyers are on the flip side. A lot of expectations. They thought they'd be a playoff team. They're not. They're disappointed. They probably just want to get the season over with. There might be a little bit more excitement and, and just a little more want to win a little more care about winning these games down the stretch, so to speak, for the Devils, I think, than what you're seeing from the Flyers right now. So I'm in agreement with you. I would lean New Jersey from a side perspective. Melissa, what do you like here, New Jersey and Philly? Yeah, this matchup is is just the gift that keeps on giving for that over for us. Um, you know, I've, I've had the over in all three matchups, um, back the Devils in the last two games that they've won. Um, but what I like tonight, obviously the over, I locked it in over six. Um, also I like the devils in the first period money line. I'm getting that at plus 120. and, uh, the last three matchups, the devils have just dominated the flyers in that first period. So I've noticed that when we first had this matchup, the devils were, uh, getting a higher plus, I think they were right around, you know, almost 200 at some matchups. Um, right now it's, it's lowered significantly. So I think the value is for, for me, I'm going to take a shot in the first period money line rather than the full game money line devils have run two in a row. So maybe the flyers respond, but I like those trends with the first period. And I also love the over for this one. All right. Great breakdown there again with the uh, devils and the flyers. So we're basically in concerto here with this total. We all see goals and bunches once again, as we've seen the last uh, three meetings this week between the uh, Devils and the Flyers. We move on to the Battle of New York now. New York Rangers, New York Islanders. Islanders minus 135 home favorites, total five and a half uh, across the board. You know, the the sane person, the sane voice in my head would say, Ian, don't bet the Islander games anymore. You bet on the Islanders, they lose. You bet against them, they win. That's been the pattern lately. I was on the Islanders against Washington. Washington beats them twice, and I was on them both games. They lost both games. I went against them with the Rangers the other night. The Islanders kicked the crap out of the, the uh, Islanders in that game. So what do I do here? I mean, I've obviously had a tough read with this team lately. 
uh, from a side perspective. I, I'll tell you right now, I don't know if I'll bet it because I've just had no luck uh, with the Islanders lately win, going on or against them. But to me, this is, in, this is an imperative game for the New York Rangers. Absolutely imperative. They can't lose any more ground to the Boston Bruins. Boston already picked up two points more uh, on the Rangers Thursday night with their win against Buffalo and the Rangers lost to the Islanders. They must absolutely get the job done here today. So I think you're going to get a firmly motivated team. I don't mind the, the fact the Rangers are in revenge. The Islanders are still playing uneven hockey. They did get their offense going the other night against the Rangers. And that's a scary thing because the lack of scoring punch had been the problem for the Islanders during their little funk and their losing streak. You worry, I worry a little bit at least that maybe they've snapped out of it and they do play well at home. So, ah, I don't know. I, I, the, then again, if I don't bet the Rangers and they win tonight, I'm going to be so livid because that's the way this often works. Uh, but for me, it would be a lean to the Rangers. I definitely want to put it out there right now. Rangers are nothing for me in this game at the plus price. But again, my uh, my luck with the Islanders and my success with them has not been there uh, in recent games from a side perspective. I think the game does go under as well. And you, you had a higher scoring game the last game with these teams, largely because the Islanders got going. Back-to-back uh, -back overs with the Islanders hasn't happened in a very long time. So uh, I could see this game being lower scoring. Lean Rangers, but don't know if I'll get there. Uh, Melissa, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Rangers taking on the Islanders. Yeah, this is this is a tough matchup here. You know, it's it's a must-win situation for the Rangers and myself personally. I'd love to see the Rangers make a run and get in the playoffs. As you know, I think this team loves to score. Um, you know, we don't see them in the playoffs often, so would love to to see them in there. But you know, the Islanders are just so good at home this year, and and you know they they got embarrassed by by the Capitals to lose three in a row um, and then come back and you know beat the Rangers the other night three nothing. You know, it, it's they got the momentum right now, so it, it's a tough one for me. I lean Islanders. Um, you know, if it was plus value, I'd be all over the Islanders like I was the other night. But I don't know if I want to. Yeah, I'm 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 a little indifferent on it. I'll probably just watch this game instead of play it. To be honest, hope the Rangers win. <laughs> yeah, and the Islanders are still the better of these two teams. Certainly, the better of these two teams defensively. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, I do think the Rangers will fire back uh, strong with a much better game, and they have shown that ability to park a bad game and be much better the next time out. And for them, you know what, six points back now, got to get it. You simply have to have this one if you're the New York Rangers, if you have any inkling of challenging Boston for that final uh, East Division playoff spot. Alex, what's your take here, Rangers and Islanders? Well, here's the interesting thing about, you know, having like these games late in the year. Uh, you know, we talked about Boston and Buffalo. It's going to be starting in about a few minutes, so – uh, the Rangers are going to know before they even hit the arena, uh, you know, what their fate is. If Boston gets two points, uh, you know, this afternoon, you know, they may just be saying, hey, you know, they might give that effort. But I, I would think that it might be the opposite of just, you know, we pretty much don't have much of a chance left. Uh, you know, we're going to try and give our our best. But the Islanders, we're like going to, you know, solid, get a, a playoff spot here for sure. They still want to try and get some points, gain some ground, uh, and maybe get that second spot. You know, I try to get the home ice advantage because they've been dynamite at home all season long. So I'm actually going to take a shot here with the Islanders in regulation. Uh, I think this is going to be a good spot for them. And like I said, this Ranger team, the motivation could be, uh, you know, flip-flop depending on what happens uh, with this Boston game this afternoon. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Like I said, the Islanders have kind of burned me at times too. I've been on them uh, where I felt that I got a great price and a great spot and it just completely laid an egg. So uh, I think this will be one of those games here where, they, you know, it's obviously it's a rivalry. It's always going to be a, a, a fiery competition, but 
Uh, I think the Islanders have a little bit more to gain, uh, you know, with things on the horizon as far as them being a playoff team and then wanting to get that home ice spot. So I like them in regulation. I got it at plus 105. All right, liking the Islanders in regulation here, Alex, at plus 105. That's a good point. But Boston beats Buffalo today, and now all of a sudden the gap is eight points. Is there still that, wow, we can really make the playoffs and gung-ho effort tonight? Or, wow, where it's a really uphill battle now. It's like climbing a mountain, and we're not sure we've got the uh, the, the, the the foot soldiers to do it. Uh, that's going to become the question here if you're the uh, Rangers. Uh, Alexander Georgiev, by the way, is confirmed as the goalie tonight for the Rangers. Played well in his last game. Uh, was the Flyers who were scuffling, but 4-1 to one win, played extremely well. Not surprising because Shesterkin obviously had a little bit of a rough night by his standards against the Islanders uh, a couple of nights ago. So it's not shocking David Quinn's gone to uh, Georgiev uh, as his goaltender for this uh, game tonight between the Rangers and the Islanders. we got Columbus and Kakalaki here. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, minus 320 to minus 350 uh, favorites here. Uh, the total in this one, five and a half pretty much uh, across the board uh, in this one. Uh, it's not much of an opinion here. Carolina should win. Uh, put them in a parlay. Put them, uh, You want to put minus one and a half potentially in a parlay. You can do that. Uh, Columbus, you know, has at least shown some fight, though. And that's the thing. I, I, that's why I'm staying off this game entirely. Columbus is not the last few games looking like one of those teams that's completely rolled over and quit and not given any effort. Uh, you've seen them battle in games. They almost beat Tampa Bay. Uh, and of course they finally snapped the ugly losing streak, beating Detroit uh, earlier this week. Again, it's the Red Wings, but you have to remember they played Tampa Bay very tough, uh, this Columbus team. So they haven't completely rolled over this season, even though it's been disappointing, even though Tortorella's looks like he's uh, totally out of it, you know, in terms of, you know, trying to light a spark under this team. Um, but the players have played a better effort all around at both ends of the ice. And the offense is actually starting to hit a little bit for this team. Uh, you know, you're seeing guys like Eric Robinson even step up lately for the uh, Blue Jackets. And, uh, you know, they've still got, of course, Atkinson and Bjorkstrand. And I've just been impressed that for a team that's had a disappointing season, it's so easy to just mail it in for the rest of this regular season. But we haven't seen that effort-wise from the uh, Jackets at least in the last few games. With them finally winning a game against Detroit, maybe they get a little pep in their step and momentum from that. I always like that sometimes, to look at teams that snap a long losing streak, and then maybe they keep it up uh, going forward. But all that being said, I have no interest fading Carolina. This is a great hockey team. They finally beat Detroit. Detroit had been their nemesis this season. They had struggled against the Red Wings, and they finally got the better of Detroit in their last game. They're battling for a division crown. They want to wrap up the division crown with Florida and Tampa Bay still right behind them for first place uh, in the Central Division. Still lots to play for if you're Rod Brindamore and the Hurricanes. I just like this team so much with uh, Ajo and Trocek and Jordan Stahl's been a great captain. Svechnikov, Niederreiter, the blue line's been outstanding. Nadelkovich should be the goalie, I think, at playoff time, uh, unless Morozik, you know, can get healthy. And that's the question mark. Morozik again, ailing day to day. What else is new? Morozik's been a good goalie when he's been in there, but he can't stay on the ice and stay healthy. That's been the issue. I think if you're Rod Brindamore, you got to seriously consider running with this kid at playoff time, Nadelkovich. He's been outstanding. He's the best you've got right now. He's won a Calder Cup. He's been to a Calder Cup in the AHL. He knows championship playoff hockey and success, different level, but still, he's experienced it. Uh, I think you may have to go with him at this point. So, uh, interesting how this one goes. I think Carolina wins. The value's not great. I'm passing on the game. Alex, what about you, Columbus, Carolina? I love this draw here. Uh, and the price is outrageous if you, if you have a bet online account. Plus 425. 
that's the highest draw I, I think I've seen in quite some time. And it's insane because three of the last four meetings between these two teams have gone to overtime. Uh, it seems like we see Carolina every other game going to overtime. Uh, like I said, no matter whether they're playing the top of the, of the division in Florida or Tampa Bay or even bottom teams, like I said, uh, like Detroit and Dallas. So they have a propensity, propensity rather, to go in the 60 minutes and, you know, kind of let teams hang around. And like I said, Columbus hasn't rolled over back-to-back games with them going into overtime. That game was scoreless with Detroit before they uh, get the winner in the extra frame. So plus 425 for two teams that tend to play close against one another and have played close in games of late. I think that's more than great value. So I'm going to go to draw with the Hurricanes and Blue Jackets. Of course, and you're getting a huge price on that draw, Alex, because, of course, the Hurricanes are a massive favorite. So the bigger the favorite, the bigger the draw price is going to be and the better the draw price is going to be if you think the game can go past 60 minutes. So uh, Columbus, Carolina draw at a plus 425 price for uh, Alex and that one. You're right. Columbus has been competitive throughout the season series against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. We'll see if it can continue tonight. Uh, Melissa, do you have any betting interest here with the Jackets and the Canes? No, (laughs) I do not. But I do want to make a note. Um, I did saw earlier before the show started that Line A is out tonight, um, and they didn't disclose why. So um, I do want to talk a little bit about Line A here because, you know, when he got traded to the Blue Jackets, I thought this was, was going to be a great addition for that team. Um, I followed, followed Line pretty heavily at the Jets. Um, he played with one of my all-time favorite players, Dustin Bufflin, who also used to be on the Blackhawks. So that's kind of where I started watching the Jets as well. Um, you know, it's just, as, as a fan of him, to see how he's really played in Columbus and then now to see that he's he's out maybe on a personal issue, it, it just shows me that he's really checked out. And and I don't know if it's just because, you know, he's not getting along with, with the coach or whatnot. Um you know, but I had very high hopes for him. So kind of disappointed to see that on, on my end. Um, but as, as far as this game, yeah, like Alex said, it really can go either way. The obvious is obviously that the Hurricanes are just going to, you know, wipe this team out four or five, nothing um, just because the Blue Jackets seem to be a little uh, defeated. You know, it kind of reminds me of that Bruins team that or not Bruins, Sabres team <laughs> that was just losing constantly. And then once they finally got that win, you know, they kind of had a little bit more spark in them. So you know, I'm staying off this game. If anything, I lean the team total over three and a half for the Hurricanes. Um, but yeah, probably won't even watch this one. <laughs> but that is an excellent comparison, Melissa. You just brought up that you're right. Buffalo got the first win, and then that's when all of a sudden the effort kicked up, and, and the team really started to put a couple of more wins on the board. Beat a Boston once. Beat a Pittsburgh once. You know, they've done that in the last couple of weeks, and that's the scary part because sometimes this team is just rolling along and. The dressing room is just, you know, quiet as can be. Nobody's talking. Nobody's chattering because it's just you're losing, you're stressed, you're 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 struggling right now. And then you get that win, and it's like it, it, it pumps your spirits up, and it could, you know, bolster you a little bit in the short term. Maybe that they get that bump from that win the other night, Columbus. We'll have to uh, wait and see on that. But it's a good comparison because that's exactly what happened to the Buffalo Sabers when they snapped their. A losing streak. They started to play more competitively. Uh, Lion A is an illness-related absence tonight. He's illness. He's got a bout of the torts. He's sick of Tortorella. Uh, that's why he's out. And a Tortorella, vice versa, is sick of him. I'm sure. Uh, no question about that. That's the illness. It's not a flu. It's not you know uh, any kind of uh, head head cold or anything like that. No, it's uh, it's not COVID. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah, a bout of the torts is what it is for Patrick Lion. Kidding, of course. It's obviously some kind of illness, some kind of real illness. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's obviously been 
And um, Dan Fritchie, who was our guest on Thursday's show, said it perfectly. He knows Columbus very well. He's an Ohio kid. Uh, he played for Columbus, played for Minnesota, played for the Rangers in the NHL. He said it well. He said, these two guys aren't going to be coexisting next year in Columbus. One's going to go, either Tortorella or Lion A. I think that's the way it's got to be. They're not going to be back together again, and I think it's Tortorella that's probably going to end up being gone because it's always you can fire the coach. You can't fire all the players uh, all the time. All right, next game on this uh, Saturday uh, card as we move on down, we've got Ottawa and Montreal. Uh, Montreal, about minus 155 home favorites here uh, in this game. Uh, the total right now in this one sitting at uh, around, it looks like six, uh, pretty much even money here. Um, I can't say this is great value, but we have seen a feeding frenzy in the betting markets, betting this Ottawa Senators team uh, today for this game. And I can't say I blame them. You know, for, for Montreal, that was a win last night for them against the Winnipeg Jets. That was pretty much, if we haven't already clinched the playoff spot, we've basically pressed Cal- Calgary right up against the edge of the cliff with that win last night. And we're just about ready to push them over with that win because Calgary now has to just almost run the table and hope Montreal just stumbles beyond belief down the stretch in their remaining regular season games. That's what it's going to take. That game, that win for Montreal last night against the Jets coming back and they were down 2 nothing. We'll give them credit. Everybody on this show lately, especially Jimmy and I, we've had taken our turns absolutely shitting on the Montreal Canadiens lately for their play and their lack of offense. But let's be honest, uh, they got their offense going last night, which was good to see. Uh, they got some other contributors. Arturi Lekkanen stepped up, scored a big goal for them. Suzuki was uh, had a great game for the Canadians. That's good to see. But how many times have we have to watch this same movie play out with the Canadians and, and not keep going with it? And that's after a win. They can't sustain it. They cannot keep going and put two good games together. It's been a long time since we've seen that for the Montreal Canadiens. In Ottawa, all they do is make life miserable for the Montreal Canadiens. All year, they've played this team tough. Uh, and I expect more of the same. And they're actually in good form, Ottawa. You know, they basically provided a death nail to the uh, Vancouver Canucks this week with back-to-back wins against them, uh, ending their playoff hopes. Kachuk, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris, Timmy Stutzla, uh, Connor Brown, Dadanov, uh, form I mean, this team, is they got their young players up front on the forward group rolling right now. Their defense led by Thomas Shabbat and Brandstrom, who's going to be an excellent defenseman in this league for a long time as well has been good. And look, even Marcus Hogberg's had to take the net the last few games with Matt Murray out, and he's been pretty good actually for the Senators. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Ottawa do what they've done, give Montreal a tough game and maybe just maybe pull out the win. I grabbed Ottawa. I got plus 170 uh, on Ottawa, a pretty good price because I knew I was going to be on this side. Back-to-back for Montreal, flat spot, lay an egg clunker after a big win that almost sealed the playoff spot for them over Calgary just about wouldn't surprise me to see them fall flat today and of course you got the youngster for Montreal Caden Primo uh, getting the start in net for the uh, Canadians and of course Calgary uh, beat Montreal the last start Caden Primo made uh, in net for the Habs Uh, I just think we have a very live dog here I remember backing Ottawa getting this kind of price in Montreal on a Saturday just a week or two ago and they cashed in, and actually they shut out Montreal in that game. I don't know about shut out, but I think they got a real live dog chance to win this game. Uh, I like the Ottawa Senators here for sure uh, at the plus price against this Montreal team, and I'll dare Montreal to put two games in a row together that are good, quality performances, and I haven't seen that from them uh, in a very long time. Uh, Melissa, we'll start with you on this one. 
the uh, Battle of the Ontario-Quebec border, I guess you could say, uh, Ottawa and Montreal. Yes, fully aligned with you there, Ian. I am on the senator's money line. I actually got it last night at plus 175. Um, you know, I love watching this Ottawa team. They, you know, they're a young team. You can tell that they're rebuilding. You know, that city has, you know, wanted such a hockey team for, for so long. So it's great to see just the rebuild uh, going through that team. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy watching them. I think these these kids are, are scrappy. They like to have fun out there. Um, Ottawa has probably been my dog moneymaker this year. Um, usually when I back them, they, they at least, you know, get, get very close or, you know, you could tell that they're, they're playing their hearts out. So, uh, you know, I don't like Montreal in that back-to-back -back spot. Um, I actually was on the jets last night. So unfortunate that they lost, but again, I, I do give Montreal some credit. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Flames can maybe catch them. Um, if they're not in the playoffs, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think it's very slim right now. But got to give them a little more credit. But today, I just don't like them in that back-to-back -back situation. So I'm, I'm going to make the Senators' money line my official pick. All right. Melissa's on Ottawa as well. By the way, I have plus 150 on Ottawa, not plus. They were never plus 170. Uh, plus 150 is what I have with Ottawa. And it's down to plus 140, plus 135 now at most spots. Unfortunately, the betting markets have bitten off a chunk here of the Ottawa Senators. No question about it. Hopefully I don't choke on it now uh, in this game tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ottawa, Montreal. Yeah, I missed the boat that uh, you guys got with the, the big prices on, on Ottawa, but it makes sense. They've won four of the last six meetings. Uh, and, and they've kind of relished in this role now, trying, said, trying to be the giant killers, you know, kind of put a wrinkle in some of these teams' uh, playoff hopes. Montreal, I mean, they looked good last night. I was looking at that over with uh, them and the, and the Jets. And Winnipeg's just kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, I asked some good friends in Winnipeg who kind of alerted me to this, saying that, you know, this is, it's pretty much the end of the road for Winnipeg. And, you know, they have so many points that they still might, you know, stumble into a playoff spot, uh, potentially in that fourth spot. But who knows what could happen with a few more games left. And obviously, you got a lot left with, uh, you know, the postponement. So there's still more games to be played in this division, of course, the North than uh, the other three divisions. So we'll keep an eye on that. But with this game here, uh, you know, I'm going to look at the first period over. You're only laying a dollar thirty here. And the fact that, you know, this is kind of those one of those matchups where we could see this be 1-1 or 2-1 or after 20 minutes. If it is tied uh, going into the intermission, then I'll be looking to take a shot with Ottawa. I'm going to see how Montreal starts off right away after, you know, playing the game last night. And I want to see where, you know, where Ottawa's heads at, Russell. You know, playing the first period over, we can get that cash, and then it gives us a glimpse into looking at what's going to possibly happen in the next 40 minutes or so of play. Then I may be willing to take a shot on, on Ottawa money line so that's the way i'm gonna attack it. i'm gonna go first period over and if i like what i'm seeing from the senders then i'll jump on a live money line all right first period over for alex with the sends and the habs and also maybe a live uh bet on ottawa if they're uh, playing well carrying the play uh, early in the game here uh, against uh, montreal uh, next game we've got vancouver canucks toronto maple leafs here another rematch here with these two teams we've got vancouver and toronto a uh, toronto minus uh, close to minus 300 here uh, in this game, just north of that. Total six across the board. Again, beware of what Sheldon Keefe does with his lineup. This is one of those games you may want to wait a little bit until we get closer to that opening puck drop uh, just to see what the lineup will be because the last game we saw, you know, several regulars rested. Riley was rested on the blue line. Jake Muzzin was out on the blue line uh, for the Leafs. Uh, Nick Foligno was rested. Those guys will be back. Do they rest some other guys tonight? We'll have to wait and see. 
It didn't matter. Uh, Leafs still took care of business, though, even with the uh, players that were out four to one. Look, Vancouver, you look at Travis Green. He looks just as physically, emotionally, and mentally beaten down after the game, the press conference after that Leaf game the other night as the Vancouver players surely feel. They've been through a lot. They had the COVID-19 ravaging the team. You know, they're being pushed back to play all these games in a short period of time. They now know they're not making the playoffs. You know, you talk about a team that you're legitimately worried. Where's the incentive? Where's the effort? Where's the energy for the rest of the season? You got to be worried about that for the Vancouver Canucks. You really do. They don't seem to have a whole lot right now left in the tank. I'm probably going to go right back to the bets I like the other night. I like Toronto in the puck line, even at minus 130 the other night. It cashed. I would go back to that tonight. I think this is a Van- – and look, Vancouver and Toronto had David Riddick. Uh, in net tonight it's back to jack campbell time tonight uh for the leafs so uh they're gonna have the, the obviously the best goalie they have right now who's really played better remember he had that little tough time after 11 straight wins and then he had a couple of losses in a row and now he's bounced back the last few games and played a lot better back to the way campbell was playing during that 11 game win streak demko and net for vancouver but i'm telling you what remember we were thinking wow demko before the COVID pause for vancouver how good he was playing He's been lousy. He's been really, really bad since he's re- since the COVID pause. I mean, he's struggled. He's fighting the puck. Now the defense hasn't played well uh, in front of him, but Demko hasn't been as sharp. So I like Toronto puck line again, and I wouldn't talk anyone out of Toronto first period, laying the goal, laying the half goal in the first period. Jump on Vancouver early uh, once again. I think I'll probably add that bet as well. The Toronto puck line minus a half goal in the first period, which you can get close to even money uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, we'll go to you with this one first. Canucks and Leafs. Yeah, great match thing alike. I'm on that uh, Maple Leafs first period uh, puck line, laying a half goal, plus 105. I think they said Jack Campbell's been absolutely sensational. I, I mean, it's obviously going to be too late for him to make a run for the Vesna, but uh, if you had a first half, second half uh, trophy for that, he would definitely be claiming the second half uh, portion of that trophy. He's been uh, just lights out, and, and he's definitely going to be the guy moving forward for this Leafs team already clinching a, a playoff spot. Vancouver, I mean, you know, even before the COVID, this was just a, a, a disastrous season. But now, uh, you know, coming back off of that, you know, it, it's just amazing that they're even going to give half of an effort uh, with the dozen games they have left uh, going forward. So this looks like a game where it's going to be Toronto uh, in a blowout fashion. I wouldn't talk anybody out of the uh, Maple Leafs team total either, but I like that half. Getting that uh, plus 105, that's the only plus price you're going to get with Toronto at this point, unless they you know are losing in the game. Uh, so I'll go with Maple Leafs first period puck line. That's the best value play for all of these teams that are minus 250, minus 300, minus 350, first period lay in the half goal on the puck line. Because you get even money with these uh, bets, first period puck line with these massive favorites. That's about the best value you can find with these teams. If you want to back these massive favorites, first period puck line is about the best value you can like look at Colorado last night I had the first period puck line in that game against San Jose sometimes that's the best uh, value and sometimes especially when you think the team's going to get out of the gate strong with a fast start it's usually a good bet with the massive favorites Uh, Melissa what do you like here Vancouver Toronto yeah I think that Toronto is going to just keep dominating the series Uh, you know we saw the matchup between the two with Vancouver coming post-COVID uh, beating or sweeping, I should say, the Leafs back to back. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure those guys left that game saying that's never going to happen again and just were embarrassed by that. So I love the puck line. Um, you know, I was on the puck line the other night. It was one of my favorite bets. Uh, looking at our entire slate, very close to one of my favorite bets. Um, so I did grab that puck line. I also lean with the under. And here's kind of an interesting stat that I want to throw out here is each of the Leafs' last nine games against the Canucks following a win have actually gone under the total. Uh, and with Campbell confirmed in net, uh, I think I lean under, you know, I might take a shot. Um, I think Alex is right. We might get a four, nothing, maybe a four, one win here. Um, but under might be, be something you guys want to take a look at. Yeah, that's very true. The game could stay under if the Canucks are as feeble offensively as they were the other night against, again, David Riddick. Now you're facing uh, Jack Campbell. So this game could stay under. It could be kind of like the other night, you know, you get four, one, four, two, or even three, one. Uh, Toronto uh, might be uh, what you look at in terms of the score. Canucks could have a tough sledding here uh, offensively tonight against the uh, Leafs. We've got San Jose and Colorado now. Colorado north of minus 300 favorites once again uh, as they take on the uh, Sharks for the uh, second of back-to-back games and consecutive nights for these two teams. Uh, The total six across the board uh, in this one. I'm tempted by the over here. More than last, last night, I didn't love the full game over. Tonight, I like it more. You've got Yosef uh, uh, Kovaranch, uh, is how you pronounce that, for San Jose. Uh, we'll see if uh, how he does, but I'm not fully uh, sold on him right now uh, in terms of being uh, able to slow down this uh, Colorado team uh, at this point in time. And with Grubauer back last night, even though you could say, yeah, he's fresh, he hasn't played in a while, I don't know if Jared Bednar will stick up uh, uh, Grubauer in the net in the second uh, night in a row. You probably see Dubnik or Johansson uh, in net for the Avalanche. So that could open the door for San Jose to score a bit more. So I'm waiting for the goalie confirmation on the Colorado side. But I so I haven't locked in anything yet. I'll po- when I post the card on the Patreon page later, you'll exactly see if I'm on anything in that game. But I'll lean to the over. And from a side perspective, even if there's no Grubauer, I would still only look to Colorado first period puck line and full game puck line, just like I I took last night in the game against San Jose. These are big games. Like Colorado's got to try to stay ahead of Minnesota for second. Vegas lost last night to Arizona. So here's the opening for Colorado to shrink the gap between them and Vegas for first place in the West Division as well. So Colorado first period puck line, full game puck line, and the over uh, over six for the full game. Uh, those are the three bets I'm targeting right now for this Sharks Avalanche game. Alex, uh, what do you think here? San Jose, Colorado. Wait, Ian, I got to ask you, how do you pronounce the goalie's name for San Jose? Uh, Coronash. Isn't that Coronash? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know because it just, I mean, it seems like it's, Coronar, but it's one of those European it. names, and the NAR is uh, Ash sound. So, Coronash. Oh, okay. Joseph Coronash is how a you lot say of letters it. that I don't see spell about that, yeah. but uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's uh, he's going to be going in net for San Jose, which usually for me means I'm going to look at the first period over. Uh, and you also got Colorado uh, that's been on a absolute dynamite run. Both these teams have been a great run too, with the goal in the first ten minutes. Prop, uh, we've seen them go on extended streaks, four games each in a row. So I'm definitely going to be playing this first period over, even though it's minus a dollar forty-five. Almost a dollar fifty. That's my cutoff point, but I like this one enough. I wouldn't even tie this in with the parlay. I would just play this uh, individually. I think we're going to see a great effort from Colorado. I know a lot of people were looking at some of these higher first period totals and betting the prop for both teams to score in the first period. I wouldn't necessarily do that here because we could see a two nothing Colorado, three uh, nothing Colorado uh, if San Jose doesn't get things rolling offensively early. 
Uh, like I said, it really doesn't matter who's in net for Colorado. They're they're going to score goals. They're going to give up some goals between uh, the tandem that they have with, with Dubnik uh, and, and Johansson. So I like this first period over quite a bit. That's the only play I got here. All right. Like in first period over San Jose, Colorado. Melissa, what about you with the Sharks and the Avs? Yes, this game last night, I was able to to watch it and um, was on the under. So that was a great defensive effort. Uh, the Sharks team really is having struggle has been struggling with with just scoring. Um, but you know, after a back to back situation here, I can see I, I lean over here. Um, you know, I'm also going to look at the Avs, um, take it one step further, and look at their team total in the first period. Uh, I've been playing a lot of these bets lately, where you get these heavy, heavily favorited teams that just give us zero value. Um, sometimes on that first period team total over one, you can get a nice plus value there. Um, so that will be my official official play abs team total over one in the first period. And then I'm also on the puck line here. I think they just continue to roll here against this, this sharks team that doesn't seem to really have much drive lately, except when All they right. play the Yotes. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. The sharks had uh, ask Arizona. Yeah. They showed a lot of drive that night, although it was really Arizona mistakes that were uh, predominant more than anything. I mean, they gift wrapped so many uh, goals early in those games for San Jose, but uh, nevertheless, give San Jose credit. They took advantage. So uh, Melissa likes first period team total over for the abs and as well, the full game uh, puck line as well, laying that one and a half. And this could be in terms of head to head, huge games, playoff type games. This could be it tonight. Dallas stars, Nashville predators, Dallas needs to catch Nashville. This is their glorious opportunity to beat them head to head and get closer. So this is a must for Dallas essentially tonight, even money, both sides here uh, in this game in music city. Uh, total right now in this game sitting uh, at uh, five and a half, or actually it's five in some spots, five and a half in others. So make sure you shop around uh, for where this total is. Hudobin and net for the stars. You got to expect it. Soros for the Predators. They've been riding him lately. And the good news for Nashville, like I think Soros is wearing down a little bit. So that's the one thing I worry about with him. They've played a lot of hockey, a shit ton of hockey, because they have no confidence in Rene. He's been playing great. They've been just going back to Soros every game, but they've at least had a few days off Nashville now since their last game, which was against Florida. Uh, So that should benefit them here. Uh, A few days off prior to this game against Dallas. I still think Nashville probably wins this game. I don't know if I'll bet it because this is the last stand for Dallas. If they have any hopes of tracking down the Predators, this is a must-win spot for them. Uh, but the Predators seem like the better team right now, and I don't want to go against them at home in this spot off the uh, loss the uh, other night to Florida. And to me, Dallas is just not a team I can constantly rely on uh, offensively, game in and game out. Uh, and that continues to be the case. Some games, they, their offense comes to life. Uh, and then other games, like against Carolina, they lost 5-1 and got shut down. Against Tampa Bay, 3-0, they get shut out. Uh, in that game they've really missed Sagan all year and Radulov's been out for a while they missed those two guys big time you know Pavelski Ben a lot falls on them and Hints. and after that and Robertson's been pretty good at two the rookie and then after that they're not getting anything from anybody at forward uh the rest of the lineup and that's been an issue here for this Dallas team so I know Dallas needs the game and for that reason I ain't going against the stars but Pit of my gut still says, look, Nashville looks like, and the eye test tells me that Nashville's still probably the better team in the way they're playing right now. And you look at it, they were up on Florida and could have beaten Florida twice. And then Florida rallied in the third period to beat them. So Nashville, to me, has just been a little bit better, especially uh, goaltending-wise. Uh, goal and even offensively, Nashville, they're, they're, they're at least producing a little bit more goal production these days than the Stars. So 
I'm not involved in the game, but I, I think the better team probably wins here, and that would be uh, Nashville. But obviously it's a must for Dallas if they have any uh, playoff hope still left. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Dallas and Nashville? Yeah, this is a game I would be looking at playing the draw here. Uh, you're not getting that much value, uh, plus 280, plus 300, and, you know, value comparative to other draw plays. Uh, but when you look at these two teams, obviously the points are a premium for both. They're fighting for the same spot. But you've seen four of the last five meetings go into overtime. Uh, and we saw Dallas go to overtime in Carolina uh, earlier in the week. So this definitely feels like one of those games where, like I said, you know, both teams fighting for that spot. They don't want to, you know, get out of here with zero points. If it's tied with five minutes left, uh, we're going to see a, a slow pace here. And I think we're going to see this one go in, in overtime, and they're going to settle by fight it out for that extra point. So uh, I'll take a shot with a draw here, plus 280. All right. Alex, the draw king today. Draw and first period overs. He That's two uh, betting markets and two derivative bets that are a go-to for Alex. He's got some draws already today and first period overs. He's liking another draw here, Dallas and Nashville. It makes sense. Should be a close game, probably a one-goal game either way. Pretty tight checking. Uh, I could see this one being tight with a chance to go to overtime. Uh, Melissa, what do you think here? Dallas, Nashville. Yes, I'm with Alex. I, I love the draw here. Like you mentioned, you know, previous matchups between these two teams have gone into that overtime. Um, it, it's hard for me to pick a side here. Uh, I lean Nashville just because they have home ice advantage. Um, but again, you never know with these teams that are fighting to get that last chance in. Um, I also lean on the under here. Uh, the Predators, when playing in a Saturday night spot, the under has hit five games in a row. Um, if I get the under at five and a half, I will, I will be able to be on it. But if it stays at five, I don't like playing an under five. I, I'm usually more on the over five in that spot. So I will probably be shopping around. If I can get that five and a half, I will add in the under. But if it stays at five, I'm just going to probably just pass uh, and, and only have the draw in this game. All right, Florida, Chicago. Uh, next game here, Florida minus 150. Uh, road favorites, the total six uh, across the pretty much across the board here. Some six and a half, depending on where you look here. Uh, Chicago has let go of the rope, at least defensively, uh, the last few games. I mean, you've seen what's happened. Tampa Bay has been struggling to score goals, and all of a sudden they hang a six spot, half a dozen on the Chicago Blackhawks. And then they end up better effort against uh, Florida uh, after that in the first of the two games against the Panthers, but end up losing in overtime 4 3. Uh, Kevin Lankin, and by the way, slamming the water bottle against the uh, uh, boards after that game. Very frustrated. It's been a tougher go of it for him. He's played a lot of games. He's not necessarily accustomed to it. You can tell this guy's running on fumes. You know, he's had a pretty solid season, all things considered, for the Blackhawks with a shaky defense and blue line in front of him most nights. And he's done the best he can, but I think he's wearing down a little bit late in the season here, as so many players I'm sure are. Uh, at this stage of the season. So it's not totally shocking to see him get frustrated. He'll be back in net, though, tonight for the Blackhawks. And it's Sergei Bobrovsky as uh, Coach Q, the former Blackhawks coach, now Florida Panthers coach, continues to play uh, uh, musical chairs and carousel time with his goaltending. It's a different guy every night. Some nights it's goalie Bob. Some nights it's Drieger, although Drieger's out right now due to injury. And then some nights it's the young rookie phenom, Spencer Knight, who I think is going to have an outstanding career uh, in the NHL and uh, got the victory in the game against Chicago uh, in the last game. Bobrovsky has not been as good lately. We've seen some unsteady goaltending from Bobrovsky lately. He got pulled in his last start against Nashville. He's been on, on a bit of a downward uh, trajectory uh, once again in his last few starts. 
I'm probably coming back to the bet I had the, the last game is over the total here uh, with the Panthers and the Blackhawks. Like I say, Chicago's defense is scuffling again. Florida, uh, everybody's lighting it up right now. Barkov, Huberto have been outstanding. Vetrano uh, has been outstanding. Sam Bennett has a new lease on life, and look what he's doing since getting traded from Calgary. you got to ride him from a goal-scoring prop every night for net right now, Sam Bennett. Uh, with what he's doing for the Panthers uh, at this point in time. Scores the game winner the other night uh, for the Panthers. Uh, I think we see goals. I mean, I bet Florida the other night. I don't think I could lay this price on the road with Florida with Bobrovsky tonight. I do think they win, but I'm just not comfortable that price with Bob, the way his current form is right now. So uh, I'm just going to probably stick to goals in this game. Florida, Chicago, uh, over six for me. Uh, Melissa, we'll start with you here. Panthers and Blackhawks. Yeah, so I am actually from Chicago, so I know I have a Penn's jersey on. The Blackhawks were my ride-or-die team growing up. You know, I grew up watching the Chelios, Tony Amante, Bob Probert era, and then was lucky enough to, as I got older, be able to witness three Stanley Cups. Um, one big announcement that Chicago has made um, for anyone who's from this area is the Blackhawks are the only team right now, or U.S. team, I should say, that is not allowing fans. Uh, they finally announced for their final two games that they will be allowing fans uh, and there's there's nothing like that feeling being at the United Center and hearing the anthem. And it really wiles those players up. So that being said, if there were fans tonight, I would be all over the Blackhawks. Um, you know, I think once they finally get the fans back, that's just going to kind of give them that push. Um, you know, I lean with them tonight. Um, I think that they can get Florida off that back to back. They actually do really well in back to back losses at the United Center. Um, they've won uh, eight out of their last 10 uh, after a loss in back-to-back -back situations at the United Center. So value is definitely there if you have faith in the Blackhawks uh, and, and want to pull the trigger there. It's just a lean for me. Um, I'm also playing the over here. Um, you know, obviously the Blackhawks are having some issues defensively and Panthers are finally starting to score a lot. So uh, going to make play the over, also lean on, on the, the Blackhawks there too. There it is. I was waiting for that story you had mentioned to me uh, a couple of days ago, the Chicago Blackhawks story, how you uh, got to see a lot of games in person with the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, did you get to see a lot of games in person at the old Chicago Stadium before they went to the United Center? Um, I think it was always the United Center um, from when I grew I grew up like in the 90s. So um, my dad would always take us to games. And Alex probably knows this, too, because if you were a Blackhawks fan growing up, they made you listen to games on the radio. Which yep, is crazy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I have memories of my dad, you know, playing the radio and listening to Pat Foley do a play-by-play, -play, um, you know, and then also just had a tiny Tony Amante jer jersey growing up. He was like my idol. So <laughs> love to, to be able to be a part of, of that. And, you know, obviously, too, I mentioned Dustin Bufflin. He was always my favorite uh, player as well. But, yeah, I mean, they're in a rebuild right now, I think. You know, I didn't agree with the whole Coach Q situation. He was always my favorite. I think he got a lot of respect. Um, you know, and if, if there were fans there tonight, I think they would give him a standing ovation. You know, he's he's still like legend to us. So, um, you know, looking forward to when they finally can get fans back because, Alex, I'm sure you know there's nothing like that that national anthem. And hearing all of Chicago just just roar and cheer during that, is, is, is you, you can't replace that feeling. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, the shitty power plays at times with Coach Q and the line <laughs> blender stuff that he did that pissed the hell out of Alex a lot yeah. of times. When he, that'll all be forgotten it, 20 yeah. years from now. What will be remembered is Stanley Cups, the success, the winning, the culture that Coach Q and that dynasty era the Blackhawks brought to that franchise. That's what's going to be remembered for sure. And yeah, obviously, he's a legend forever. Uh, in Chicago sports, uh, there's no question. Uh, Joel Quenville for all the success. And yes, I'm a big Pat Foley guy. Big sick, brother. <laughs> That's my, my favorite Pat Foley when it's a big save there. Big <laughs> his voice just, and it's only when there's a big save, his voice gets in that high octave. And it's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite calls from any hockey broadcaster. The way Foley gets his voice in that type of vocal range for a big save by a Chicago goalie, usually Crawford all these years. So uh, he's one of my favorites, does a great job. And it's, it's, I can't believe they actually fired him once upon a time uh, from the uh, Blackhawks booth, but uh, obviously they rectified that glaring, glaring, embarrassing mistake and and brought him back. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Florida, Chicago. Yeah. You know, and as Melissa mentioned, like said, you have said in this very office, uh, many a nights as a kid listening to Hawks home games on the radio because they were not televised. And uh, like I said, the feel is just so much different when there's fans uh, at the United Center. And even though it won't be 20, you know, thousand strong, 22,000 when they do get fans back, but definitely want to circle, especially if Dallas is out of the race, because those, uh, those last two games they play, might want to be circling the Hawks for one, if not both of those matchups. But as far as this game goes tonight, Florida's got a lot to play for. They still want that Central Division title, and they definitely want to make sure they get home ice advantage uh, if they do fall second. Uh, Lincoln, like says, running on fumes is interesting because Malcolm Subban looked like he was going to be the confirmed goalie, but now uh, they, they changed it and they said Lincoln, and it will be getting the start. And the way the defense is playing in front of them right now, uh, this just seems like it's going to be a bad, ugly game for the Hawks tonight. So I'm on Florida in regulation, minus $1.05. I'm on the over six as well. Uh, I'll definitely be hovering around watching this game and looking for live spots to bet Florida to score next goal. Uh, this might be one of those uh, kind of uh, unfortunate games to watch on TV uh, as a Hawks fan. But, uh, you know, you can't always bet with your heart. You got to go where the money's at. And the money here is with Florida. So I'll be looking uh, back to Panthers this evening. All right. And the uh, Terry Edelman curse of the St. Louis Blues on his beloved Minnesota Wild continues. Uh, the other night as they'll play once again tonight, Minnesota hosting St. Louis, uh, Minnesota minus 140 to minus 145 home favorites, total five and a half. You know, at some point I keep thinking, I still think Minnesota is a little bit better than St. Louis. And I, this could this be the night they finally beat them? I don't know if I want to bet it though. Uh, St. Louis just finds a way to win. And with the way Ryan O'Reilly, auto part, O'Reilly auto parts, the way he's playing right now for the uh, St. Louis blues He's playing like a leader. He's playing like a man possessed. Uh, the captain is leading by example. And the Blues, look, they want to nail down this final playoff spot. They're playing like it. You beat Colorado twice in a row, you're doing something right. You beat Minnesota twice, you're doing something right. And Minnesota's going to have to show me uh, that they can beat St. Louis right now. And look, the pressure's put back on St. Louis a little bit by Arizona with their surprising win over the Vegas Golden Knights last night. So, you know, the job isn't complete yet for the St. Louis Blues. Still work to do to nail down this playoff spot. So there should be purpose for the Blues tonight, probably back to Bennington uh, in net uh, for the uh, uh, St. Louis Blues in this game. Really frustrating for Minnesota. They just rallied back the other night against St. Louis and looked like they were going to do to St. Louis what St. Louis did to them. Uh, the, The previous game, come back from a deficit and win. But unfortunately, it was 
uh, St. Louis getting the overtime winner by Mr. O'Reilly himself uh, for the overtime win the other night. Uh, I'm just going to stick with what's been working in the head-to-head games with these two teams, and that's over. I mean, this the odds makers are clearly reluctant, Alex Melissa, to put a six out there on this wild team. I mean, they're, they're still five and a half. And even though this team has got offense, way much more offense than they've had in years past, they're scoring more goals than they have. And to be honest, they're giving up more goals uh, than they have in past seasons as well. So right back to that Blues Wild over five and a half. That's where I'm going uh, with this game. Alex, what do you think here? St. Louis, Minnesota. Well, the old saying, it's third time to charm. And that's what I'm hoping for tonight with this first period over because the last two games, and it's not for the lack of effort. Both teams have had great chances to score early in this contest, but we've only seen one goal uh, usually coming from uh, the Blues. Uh, and so this is definitely one of those spots where you know the Wild got to get things rolling. You can't you know afford to have a three game losing streak going into the playoffs. We've seen this Wild team back into the playoffs in years past, and this is I've said it on, on Twitter before. This is the best Wild team uh, I've seen going into the playoffs in quite some time. So they got to get things amped up. On the flip side, the Blues need this game. They got to get points to try to get a playoff spot. I think we're going to see a lot of goals here. So I like this first period over only land a dollar fifteen. I like this full game over as well. I think we're going to see goals going back and forth. You know, both teams, like, they'd rather play solid defensive hockey. We just don't always see it from these from these clubs. And, and, and you know, we go back uh, that last game they played in St. Louis, you know, it's 4-1 after the end of the 20. So we know these teams can really get get hot and uh, going back and forth. So I, I'm hoping that we'll catch this first period over here tonight uh, after, uh, you know, a swing and a miss on the, on the first two. So that's the, the play I have. And if I lean with a side, it would have to be St. Louis uh, they've dominated. They've won eight of the last ten meetings against them. And like I said, they've they've got a lot more to play for right now. So lean with St. Louis on the side, but I'm on the first period over. All right, first period over, and uh, a little lean to the full game over as well. Here, five and a half. Are you on the full game too, or just the first period? Full full game over as well on the, on the first. Full game over as well. All right, first period and full game over for Alex with the uh, Blues. Uh, and whoops, he'll be back. I'm sure. Just a little connection issue there for a second, but uh, nevertheless, uh, Melissa. See, I knew this show would go beyond an hour. Fifteen games this is a marathon show, but hey, we're having a lot of fun. We'll get you through every game, Melissa. What do you think here, St. Louis, Minnesota? Yes, this is a tricky one. You know, I've backed the Wild uh, in their first two games, had them both times in in regulation. And, you know, I said it to myself the other night, I got to start giving this Blues team a little more credit than what I have been. Uh, Every time I've been fading this team so heavily this season, and now it's kind of starting to bite me a little bit. But, you know, give the Blues some credit. They were down 3-1 in that first game, came back and and finished that out. Um, you know, you get a lot of these teams that are close to the to the you know playoff bubble situation. Especially seeing Arizona losing, um, you know, I think two games in that matchup, and you know, just edging them closer and closer. So, Terry Edelman, don't hate me, but I don't think I'm going to back the Wild tonight. Uh, I I lean with the Blues. Um, I'm probably going to just not have any affiliation with this game. Maybe play the over. Um, I'm just going to watch it and hope for Terry Edelman that his wild pull this one off just because that's been two heartbreaking losses for such a diehard wild fan that he is. So 
I'm sorry, Terry, but I can't make this an official play. <laughs> we can't always appeal to Terry Edelman or please him all the time. You know, he's got to have to suck it up. You know, we can't pick games based on what Terry wants us to do, right? Uh, nevertheless, but we appreciate Terry. He uh, always watches this show every day. Uh, yeah, Bennington and Kakinen, your starting goalies here. And uh, Tory Krug out, by the way, tonight for the Blues. And that's been the amazing part about the Blues. Beating Minnesota, beating Colorado, beating all these good teams with Tarasenko, you know, banged up. Vince Dunn's been out for a while. Gunnarsson on the blue line, of course, out for the season. Uh, you know, they had Pareko out for a couple of games there uh, and still find ways to win. O'Reilly Schwartz, uh, Perron, Mike Hoffman has really turned it up. He's been a, a very, very streaky player this year for the uh, Blues, and he's on the good side of the streak uh, right now uh, for the St. Louis Blues, playing well for them. So we'll see. They've had Minnesota's number. Can they keep it going tonight? That's the question. Uh, next game, LA Kings, Anaheim Ducks, Kings minus 135, road favorites, total five and a half here. Yeah, I'm done betting anything in the games involving these two teams. Took a stab on the over last night. No bueno. Uh, not, not nothing at all here. Side total, nothing at all. You know, you might as well just keep back in the Kings because the Anaheim Ducks clearly can't win right now uh, at this point in time. They bring in Zegris back to the lineup. Uh, right now for the uh, Ducks, and it still doesn't really matter. They still struggle offensively, still can't find ways to win, and L.A.'s just beaten the hell out of this team and, and really done well head-to-head -head against the Ducks uh, the last few times. So they'll probably win again. I just don't want to lay minus 135. It's a pass for me. Alex, how about you, Kings-Ducks? This is interesting because you got Ryan Miller confirmed for Anaheim. Obviously, we just announced that he's going to retire at the end of the season, which – uh, it's interesting. Rally the troops, maybe. Yeah. It could be a rally of troops, but an, an interesting note uh, Ryan Miller and Mark Andre Fully are the last two goalies uh, in NHL history that are active, that have ties on their record. So once Ryan Miller retires, Mark Andre Fully will be the last uh, official goalie in NHL history to have a tie on his record. I thought that was a, a fun tidbit, a good trivia question. But uh, this game, I think Anaheim, you know, they had the goal early. Uh, in the last matchup, and then they end up giving up too late to L.A. You know, and this is a, a rivalry, of course, you know, it's always fierce and competitive, and it's been really tight, close games. We've seen a lot of these matchups go under, uh, looking at four straight, and seven of the last eight meetings have gone under the total. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be on Anaheim Moneyline plus $1.15. I think they could. this might be a rally of the troops kind of moment for Ryan Miller. He might get one more star down the road because they do have another back-to-back -to, -back to end the season, but this will be his last home game. Uh, unfortunately, in front of no fans, it seems like. But what I'm going to also look at is look for a goal early and then jump on that under live. We can get a goal within the first five or ten minutes. We might get a we'll get a better adjusted price of, of under six, uh, maybe at an even money price rather than laying a dollar thirty five with those five and a half. So those are the two plays I'll, I'll be on. I'm, I'm on uh, Anaheim officially and I'm looking for a goal early to try to jump on a live under at six. Yeah, Anaheim. I might, I might, I might bet it. Uh, that's a that's a very strong situational angle to consider. Ryan Miller just announced his retirement a couple days ago. This is maybe his final home game for sure, and it might be, and it might be, and you don't know how many more starts he's going to get the last few games either uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. So there could be an incentive and an onus for let's play good defense in front of him. Let's get let's send Ryan Miller and his great career out on the right note, on a winning note. Play well in front of him. Get this guy a win. Do everything in our now. You got to rely on Anaheim. This is a team that can't get out of their own way right now. I get it, but you you would think the effort is there and just a rally around this uh, goalie who's had an outstanding career. Of course, his best days were in Buffalo more than they were in Anaheim, but still they they respect the man as a player, as a goalie, the career he's had, 
and the teammates, I think, rally around that and step up for him. I could see that. And look, LA's not world beaters, and they're minus 135 on the road. I know they've done well against Anaheim, but you know, I could see this, I could see that angle playing out here with the Ducks tonight. Uh, Melissa, what do you think here? Kings versus Ducks. I want nothing to do with this matchup. I'm so <laughs> sick of these teams. What is this? Five games that we have to watch this team. Only time that I would possibly watch this matchup is if they put Snoop Dogg in the booth again to keep us all entertained because these teams are just, I'm tired of watching them. So every time I back the Ducks, they like to lose. So since Alex is on the Ducks tonight, I'm laying off this game. All everything and you know, no, nothing, nothing for me on this one. <laughs> All right, we got the Battle of Alberta, Calgary and Edmonton. Edmonton minus 125, uh, home favorites here against the uh, Flames. The Flames got the better of the Oilers uh, a couple of nights ago. Edmonton will look for some redemption. The total six here, uh, in this game. Uh, Calgary, obviously, with Montreal getting the two points against the Winnipeg Jets last night. This is imperative now for Calgary. There's very little margin for error. Got to win again tonight. But Edmonton's the better team, and I like Edmonton at home off a loss, which has been an outstanding bet on spot for the Oilers. They've been very good at home off defeats. I think they'll be better tonight, and I still think they're better than Calgary. So I know Calgary needs the game, but I'd only look Edmonton here, minus 125. I think they're still the better of these two teams. Bounce back spot for them. Still Noah Hannafin out for the uh, Flames, which hurts on the blue line a little bit. Jacob Markstrom has played uh, extremely well of late for the Flames. He's given them a chance to win every night. Um, but I don't know. Edmonton, Calgary might have been hit hard by that Montreal loss last night. Is there still that team in that dressing room saying, we can make up this ground with not many games left, with you know still a, a vast amount of points, six behind Montreal again? It's not looking good for Calgary. This is obviously a must for them to win this game, but I would only I would only be on Edmonton. Uh, must win be damned for Calgary. We've got Edmonton at the same point in time. While Calgary needs the win, Edmonton doesn't want to lose two in a row to a hated, bitter rival. They don't want that, and they're still the better team. It's only Oilers or pass for me uh, in this game. Melissa, where do you stand here? Battle of Alberta. Yes, agree with you there. And you mentioned that Oilers are you know, one of those teams that's great in that back-to-back -back situation after a loss. Uh, they've actually in back-to-back -back situations in their last seven following a loss, they've they've won the next match. Uh, so I, I like them tonight here on the money line. I also like to take it one step further, even take them in regulation. Uh, yes, Calgary is on the bubble right now. You know, they do have a little extra drive, but you know, the Oilers are becoming that team that you just ride after a loss, very similar to what the Jets used to be for us maybe about a month ago. Um, but I, I just don't see how this team can can lose two in a row there. All right. Like in the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, to bounce back here tonight uh, and also in regulation for a little bit more value, uh, betting that one as well for the Oilers to get it done in 60 minutes against the uh, Flames. Uh, we'll see if uh, the Oilers can bounce back here. And if the Oilers win tonight, uh, they would definitely uh, put the final nail probably uh, in Calgary's playoff coffin. Because let's be honest, Flames pretty much have to just about run the table the rest of the way to give themselves any kind of chance. Alex, what do you think here with the Flames and the Oilers? Yeah, of course, it's the two you know bitter-hated rivals. And and both teams, you know, both this game means a lot for both teams. Edmonton, like I said, don't want to lose, uh, get on a losing streak. They still have uh, some ground climb. want to officially clinch that playoff spot while Calgary's pretty much fighting for their lives. Uh, at this point now. So I look at this first period under. Uh, you look at Edmonton, last 19 games, 13-6 and six to the first period under, also 15-4 and four to the no prop on the goal in the first 10 minutes. So 
Uh, I think we're going to see a, a slow kind of playoff style kind of feeling out process in this first period. Not going to get a lot of goals at all if we get a goal at all. So uh, at plus 110, I'm going to go first period under with the Oilers and Flames. Yeah, you know, usually when it comes to Calgary and Edmonton, Alex, I'm concerned about penalties leading to power plays, leading to goals. And usually usually it has me looking over. But both of these teams are really ratcheting it up defensively. Calgary realizes if we're going to win games, we got to keep the games low scoring. Of course, since Mike Smith's taken over in net, Edmonton's dug in defensively. It stayed under the other night. And Calgary needs the two points. They need the win. They must have the win. They can't be running around looking for their pound of flesh and risk getting you know a bunch of penalties tonight and stuck in the penalty box against obviously an Edmonton team with McDavid and Dreisaitl, guys that can make you pay if you're going to be in the penalty box all night. So I think they realize we got to stay out of the scrums, no, no shit and shenanigans after the whistle, play clean, play whistle to whistle, no penalties, don't give this team power play chances. That's the method to winning for Calgary. So I don't think you're going to see that nasty, chippy, physical game like sometimes we see with Calgary and Edmonton it was a very tame game the other night Calgary and Edmonton there was there wasn't a whole lot of scrums or uh, nasty uh, physical play uh, during that game compared to what you usually see from them and I think it's because Calgary's thinking hey eyes on the prize we need two points right now can't be risking taking dumb selfish needless penalties so that's why I do think this game I would lean under the total uh, in it uh, as well uh, next up Vegas and Arizona we have reached game number 15 our final game on this massive Saturday NHL card. Vegas and Arizona. We've got Vegas minus 200 uh, road favorites here uh, in this game. Right around the same price pretty much as last night. Five and a half the total here in this game. Um, Arizona caught Vegas napping last. Like Vegas was flat as a pancake. Who's kidding who? And even Pete DeBoer said it. Even for a team that had won 11 in a row, we basically didn't have our second burst of energy. He said we were just lacking a little something. Our passes weren't sharp. We just weren't sharp. We weren't uh, winning the puck battles. Arizona was. Arizona had that urgency. Vegas didn't. Give credit to Arizona. It's hard to figure this team out, right? You think they got two winnable games against San Jose. They get off to horrifying starts in both games, and they lose both games. And sure enough, they turn around and play the hottest team in the NHL, Vegas, and they end up winning uh, as big underdogs last night uh, and shutting out the Golden Knights as well, 3 nothing. I don't know if that's going to continue here. I'd expect Vegas to be better uh, in this game tonight for the Golden Knights. There's still a lot to play for for Vegas. Obviously, Arizona needs to win out to have any chance to catch St. Louis, much like Calgary does. But for Vegas, they're still trying to hang on for first with Colorado, you know, right nipping at their heels, right behind them in second. Um, I wouldn't trust Arizona. Tonight. I don't think I'm backing Vegas either because obviously Arizona's a, a team that can't afford – uh, many, if any, losses right now. But I'd expect Vegas to be better. I'd probably lean to the team total over for Vegas. It's going to be Darcy Kemper in net after Aiden Hill got the start last night. And Kemper's been rough the last few games. Part of the problem with the slow starts is he hasn't made saves early in these games against San Jose for the uh, Coyotes. Both games, Darcy Kemper is getting lit up in the first period uh, against the Sharks. So I worry about that here with him. He's, his confidence has been shaken a little bit by these last two performances. So uh, I would co come right back to the bet that fell short for me last night, which was the over here at five and a half. Usually if Vegas wins, and if you think Vegas is going to be locked in and play better, you expect them to score goals. I think they will. Prior to last night, they had scored four goals or more in a majority of their games during that 11-game win streak. So I would expect their offense to get back, revved up again tonight. Stone, Pacioretty, 
uh, Alex Tuck, Yanmark, uh, and company. I'd expect them to bounce back offensively tonight and Arizona to chip in some goals of their own as well. Uh, over five and a half. I'm coming back to that tonight. Golden Knights and Coyotes. Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, Arizona. Well, you mentioned, you know, Darcy Kemper starting in net for Arizona. He struggled uh, early in some of the games that he's played as a late. And then, uh, you know, the egg that Vegas laid last night in that game, losing 3 nothing uh, against these Coyotes. So I'm looking here at Vegas uh, first period puck line. Laying that half a goal, you're getting plus 140, plus 145. I think it's a great spot. They come out guns blazing here uh, against a, a weaker Kemper. And a, a just, a, you know, a Coyotes team, it just kind of just seems lost. They can't string together anything uh, good right now. If they do find their way into the playoffs, definitely going to be a team worth fading uh, in the postseason. But, uh, you know, Vegas, they've got stuff to play for. Obviously, they, they want to lock up uh, that division title if possible. So I think they come out really hot here. So first period. Puck line for Vegas, uh, laying a half a goal, plus 140. All right, Vegas puck line, plus 140, laying the half goal with the Golden Knights uh, in the first period. Uh, yeah, uh, the good news for the uh, Coyotes is they've gotten some offense from Phil Kessel lately. They still miss Connor Garland, who's out right now due to injury. Where's Derek Broussard's game gone to? Like uh, He has been <laughs> unnoticeable, to say the least, here for the Coyotes this season. Remember, Derek Broussard with Ottawa, with the Rangers, started his career in Columbus. He's had some good seasons, and it's just not Derek Broussard from those years anymore at this stage of his career. And obviously, uh, he's had a tough season uh, overall uh, for the Arizona Coyotes uh, offensively, and it just hasn't gotten going for him. Melissa, last game, what do you like here, Vegas-Arizona? Yeah, it was really unusual last night to see the Knights not put up at least one goal. You don't see that very often with them. Um, I'm with Alex here. I think that they're going to come out strong here on the first period. Um, I don't think that they're going to let that happen again. I did take them in regulation. Um, I got that at minus 121. So uh, rather than, you know, doing the puck line, I, I just decided to play it a little more safe here. But I do see them bouncing back. I like both of those team total over. Uh, and then also puck line first period. But my official play will be the, the in regulation. All right, official play from Melissa Cunningham at Vegas. In regulation, minus 120 against Arizona. And we've talked about this, Alex and I, before uh, uh, when Alex, uh, before his hiatus, we talked about it with the uh, games being so tight, one-goal games, a lot of them later in the season, maybe a little bit safer to go regulation as opposed to puck line uh, if you like the favorite uh, in a game because you get a lot more competitive and tighter uh, games uh, down the stretch of the season. So uh, I wouldn't fault anybody, Melissa, you or anybody else looking regulation instead of uh, the puck line uh, on favorites for a little bit more uh, certainty uh, with those wagers. All right, we have gotten to the end of this massive Saturday card. I knew this show would go over an hour. I just didn't know how long it would be, but an hour and a half, we can't give you any more. We, we've emptied the tank here. I have, Alex has, Melissa, our special guest has. We've given you all we've got. I can guarantee you, uh, I don't know if, if if we put a W on the board tonight as a team here at the Ice Guys today, but I can tell you we gave it our all. Uh, that's what I would say if I was doing a post-show press conference right now. Uh, wow, uh, that was a great show, though. Great insight, great analysis. Uh, Melissa, before we get to best bets and wrap up, we want to thank you for joining us today uh, on the show. It was a pleasure. Uh, you know your stuff. You're a big hockey fan and better. Uh, your breakdowns were outstanding uh, with each game. And absolutely would love to have you back on the show uh, many times, especially during the playoffs. So if we can make it work and make it happen, we certainly will. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
I got my mimosa ready for our best bets that I'm going to give to. So, uh, you know, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for, for having me. It was yeah, absolutely awesome stuff. Uh, and again, uh, being a loyal viewer and listener, we appreciate it uh, every day, Melissa, at least as often as she can, tuning into the show, calling us the best hockey betting show uh, anywhere. We appreciate that as well. Uh, we go in depth. I mean, we really do. I mean, we give you we don't just give you picks. We give you a really, really good analysis, sometimes too much on my part. Uh, but nevertheless, we give you a lot uh, in terms of information uh, and analysis and insight. And we hope everybody uh, enjoys it. All right. Before best bets, another reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. It is a great time of year. NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball daily. The playoffs coming up in the NHL and NBA. Great time of year to try out DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for that account. When you do, you'll get deposit bonuses, weekly specials, and weekly incentives. Uh, check out DraftKings, download the app, Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets for this Saturday card. There's certainly a lot to choose from. It's hard to zone in on one bet on a card like this, but we'll do our best. We'll start with our special guest, Melissa Cunningham. Best bet time. Melissa, what do you like? I'm going to go back to the Oilers money line. I like them tonight in that back-to-back -back situation. Proven record to uh, come off a loss and, and get the win. So Oilers money line for me. Cheers, you guys. <laughs> yeah, cheers with my ice cold mud coffee. Uh, basically, it's like mud right now. It's so damn cold. Uh, it's been, yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to drink it too much. But yeah, Edmonton, cheers nevertheless, though. I wish it was booze. I wish it was something other than ice cold muddy coffee. But nevertheless, it is. <laughs> Edmonton minus 125 against Calgary for Melissa with her best bet. Alex, what do you like? Best bet. Yeah, my body's wondering what the hell's going on because I've drank almost two bottles of water today. So uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, I, my best bet was going to be the Hurricanes and Blue Jackets draw plus 420. That is an outrageous price for two teams that have gone to overtime in three of the last four meetings uh, and, and a Columbus team that said so they haven't rolled over and, and fallen dead just yet. They've uh, been scrappy and they've had two straight games go past 60 minutes. So that's a, a great price, great spot. Also, it's Kentucky Derby Day. My derby pick is the number 15 spot, Rock Your World. And uh, in the Turf Classic, that's the race before the Kentucky Derby, I uh, like uh, to, to the number two horse named Count Again, uh, the 12 to 1. So those are a couple of free horse plays there as well. But I uh, like the Columbus Carolina draw at plus 420 is my best bet. All right, going for a big plus price payout with the Columbus Blue Jackets Carolina Hurricanes draw at plus 425 for Alex B. Smith with his uh, best bet for this uh, Saturday card. Uh, mine is going to be, you know what, it's so predictable. I mean, I don't like to be blah or boring or predictable. You know I was going to considering Devil's Flyers over once again for best bet. I'm going to go a little more exciting. We're not getting the best price here, but we're going underdog hunting. Ottawa Senators here, a plus 135, plus 140 against Montreal. Uh, I like this spot. Montreal's got to show me they could win, play good two games in a row. They have not done that for weeks now. A little bit of a letdown after a huge win that pretty much gave them the separation that should be enough to stave off uh, the Calgary Flames for that final spot. And Ottawa, all they do is keep on playing their playing hard every single night. They've given Montreal fits this year. They're actually in good form right now, Ottawa. Uh, they've won three of their last four. They've actually won four of their last five. They beat Calgary a couple weeks ago. They split with Vancouver, and then they won two in a row against Vancouver. 
uh, and four of their last five. They're in good form, Ottawa, right now. Live underdog, Senators plus 140 against the uh, Canadians. Uh, that'll be my best bet for this Saturday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank our special guest, Melissa Cunningham, and so good to see uh, Alex B. Smith uh, back in the fold. Alex will be with us tomorrow, and our special guest, Devin Didiometti, will be with us tomorrow as well, breaking down the uh, card. Uh, one game tomorrow, but we're going to have Alex and Deeds tomorrow talk about the Monday games. I won't uh, because Jimmy and I will be on Monday. We'll give you our thoughts on the Monday card, the two of us on Monday's show. Tomorrow we'll let Alex, who's not going to be with us on Monday, and Devin Didiometti, our special guest, talk about the Monday games on the Sunday show tomorrow. So make sure uh, you join us for that Sunday noon Eastern. We're back again. Again, the Ice Guys is on YouTube live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast uh, in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Melissa Cunningham and Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Let's have an awesome Saturday. Let's have a winning Saturday. Uh, enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll see you, talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday right here for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. 